Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And really what's going on in the political world today, it should be all of our business. And so uh, I have been looking forward to this interview today. Uh, I have a very interesting guest with an interesting organization that's talking about a very important topic. And uh, uh, again, like I said, been looking forward to it. Dr. Uh, Reverend Richard Sizek, he's joining us today. So this is an organization called Evangelicals for democracy, which I find the name itself intriguing because uh, when we hear, you know, in the culture today, when we hear the term evangelicals, I'm sure this term was, was chosen for very strategic uh, purposes, not only because they are evangelicals, but because of the fact of how evangelical, evangelicals are perceived today. Uh, in our culture today, there's a, a big view that they uh, are hostile uh, towards democracy, anti-democratic is what we see a lot of. And there's certainly people like that in the evangelical front. So, uh, Richard, welcome to the program. Kind of tell us a little bit. Give us the, give us the panoramic overview of what your organization is all about and your objectives. I'm glad to do that. Thank you, Kevin. Well, we are indeed evangelicals from uh, all political parties, all parts of the country, many denominations, all of whom believe that evangelicalism is under uh, attack, in effect, because of its own weaknesses, namely that uh, influenced by disinformation, unchristian conspiracy theories, uh, self-serving political leaders, up to a third of evangelicals hold anti-democratic political sentiments. And, you know, about a third embrace Christian nationalism. And so we believe that uh, the remaining two-thirds of evangelicals who believe in our America's democratic institutions may need some help. So we're here to provide that help, and we have a lot of programs and plans over the next few years to do that. So, by the way, you said evangelicals are under attack. I think you meant democracy is under attack, uh, and that it's uh, evangelicals that are... Go ahead. Not exactly. Uh, I do believe that democracy is under attack. Two-thirds of adults fear American democracy is under attack. Well, you actually said, though, what you actually said was that evangelicals are under attack. When no, I think I'm, you meant to I'm say was that democracy is under attack. What I mean by that is to say that when the right wing, uh, which is into grievance politics, uh, has come to uh, you know, use evangelicals as they have in recent years, for their own political purposes of melding politics and power, that, in fact, is an attack itself by outsiders on evangelicals. Now, uh, look, we have our problems within evangelicalism, which we are attempting to address, but I don't regard this usage of the evangelical name, of the evangelical cause for political purposes, namely power, to be benign. This is purposeful. There are dark money forces that are using evangelicals for anti-democratic purposes. That's what I meant by the statement. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's no question about it. And uh, there's no question about it that, uh, that the uh, evangelicalism, for whatever reason, uh, a huge sector of it, I guess part of it would help is when we try to develop a little nuance in our conversation, right? Not all evangelicals are on a bandwagon of autocracy and authoritarianism. No, uh, not. not everyone's on that. You know, but there's a, the most vocal, and it seems like the one that gets the most media attention 
are the ones that are authoritarian. Exactly. Uh, and um, you know, the authoritarians uh, are interested in using our movement for their political purposes. But let's face it, about a quarter of white evangelical Protestants and nearly three in ten Republicans believe in the core tenets of QAnon. And among yeah. those beliefs are that true American patriots may have to resort to violence to save our country. So this is a, a time of great peril to democracy. And our purposes, our engagement with up to 30 million of 45 million evangelicals, white Protestants plus Hispanics who call themselves born again, is aimed at uh, what we call vote, which is uh, to teach them to verify the facts, determine what truth is and is not, to assert, ordain that American people ordain democracy as the foundation for our society, namely then to teach and educate uh, them and others about the obstacles to democracy, such as voter suppression, gerrymandering, misinformation, which we think are all anti-Christian. And then lastly, to help empower these evangelicals to be civic-minded and to be civil. Imagine that. We should be. But we've lost that reputation, as you stated, and are interpreted, understood, often falsely, to be simply a part and parcel of the Republican Party. But that comes because of our own weaknesses. When you have 77% of evangelicals in 2016 voting for Trump, and in 2020, 84%. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Honestly, it's unbelievable. So, and empathy by supporting Trump. Yeah, I do. to me, that's unfathomable. I don't know how Christians do that. Honestly, I don't, I don't understand that. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do, uh, frankly, I couldn't vote for Joe Biden either. I think he's a complete unmitigated disaster. Part of the problem is we live in a culture where we're all convinced that we have a two-party system. Well, that's because we've got two parties that try to convince us of that. And so we have a 78-year-old who's devolving into dementia uh, versus a megalomaniac who probably should be in prison and 95% of the votes went to those two. It's mind-boggling to me that that's what happens year after year. Uh, that's when we, you know, we believe competition and, and disruption works in everything, but clearly we don't believe that in politics in spite of all of the evidence that shows that we need something different than what we have. But, yeah, I, I, I get that. I'm, I'm always interested, and I hear it on both sides. In my background, just say, you know, because who is this guy? You don't know who I am. Uh, I am a, uh, a, a, one of my past lives was an uh, ordained and licensed uh, Baptist minister. That's one of my past lives. Um, and I come from a, a very hard white evangelical white for many years, which, by the way, is, evangelical is not even the right word. It's almost like they have co-opted that word. Uh, they're really more like fundamentalists. In, in the way, in the way that uh, you know, uh, we talk about uh, people from Middle Eastern countries, and we we go, oh, yeah. uh, you know, they're they're more like that than they are evangelicals. It's not like they want more members; they just want to be able to tell others how they're supposed to live. It, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's just been a lot of co-opting going on. Uh, and I have, I consider myself uh, Christian today, but it's a much more gentle form. And I worry about, frankly, totalitarian views on all perspectives. I see them on the left. I see them on the yeah, right. And, yeah, and so I, those are the things that alarm me. And for me, my Christianity is more philosophy now than it is even religious. And uh, I think, you know, that's a, 
an important distinction as well. But one of the things you said, you know, I'm pretty pretty well versed when it comes to the scripture. Where out of the scripture do you think that the that uh, biblical Christianity, first century Christianity, had a stake in views of democracy or autocracy? Obviously, they were living under autocracy. You know, who did Jesus say was on that coin? Uh, who's who's on that? Oh, the emperor. Why do I care about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. see a whole lot of interest. You know, that's the same kind of stuff I heard in the heart of Christian white, that the Bible is pro-Christian you know, pro worldview. But what you talk about, a really shifty terminology when you say Christian yeah. worldview. Um, I, you know, when you say that, I don't see anything in the scripture that lends to being pro-democracy. You don't see anything in Scripture that suggests we should be pro-democracy. Correct. In fact, it's the, it's the world that is wide that leads to destruction. You know, I, I look in, I look at, uh, you know, Judges in the Book of Judges and the uh, the, tw the twelve that was sent out to size up uh, the situation with the Promised Land that led to decades of wilderness wandering. Only two, and I, by majority rule, they chose ten. <laughs> Who said, oh, this is a bad place. We don't want to go here. Only two got a lot. Right. I don't see anything in the, the scripture that lends well, to a pro-democracy worldview. Well, I don't think Jesus even well, cared. I, I, I disagree with you. I happen to think that implicit in the presentations in scripture of what is truth, uh, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I happen to believe that Inherent in that idea, first of all, is truth. Namely, not just that we have are entitled to our political opinions, but that, that truth must be affirmed by evidence. And so, therefore, if we uh, are going to uh, live in a country, which we do today, which has a constitution, we have an obligation as Christians to be pro-democracy. I believe that we can assert that the American people should ordain democracy as the foundation for our society. It's in our Constitution. Do ordain... No, 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 no. Wait, wait, where is it in our Constitution? Wait, wait, where is it in our Constitution that we're democratic? Article 4 of the Constitution says that we are a republic. America was anti-democratic, hardcore anti-democratic, to the very least until the 1860s. Not only were only... Not only were the vast majority of minorities not allowed to vote, the vast majority of white people weren't allowed to vote because they didn't own property. I mean, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see what you're arguing. Well, if you're saying it's because well, we're going to be good is, citizens, uh, our Constitution was anti-democratic. Kevin, don't the Bill of Rights assert, in fact, religious freedom, among other rights, the right to, you know, the right to believe or not to believe? It teaches implicitly, uh, as a that, that is the Constitution, implicitly uh, the dignity and worth of all people, uh, and that uh, not only is this the right thing to do in our viewpoint as evangelicals for democracy, but we have to do this because we have to restore our good name. So I just take issue with the point that, one, because the Bible doesn't affirm one form of government, which I agree with you there, we don't live under the Bible. We live under a constitution, and the constitution affirms these values. And that's where we are today. And I, well, I ran into a man the other day on the street who was a member of the Gideon Society, and I said, well, sir, 
uh, do you believe uh, in democracy? And he said, no. I said, why not? He said, well, because I believe my views should have supremacy. I believe that they are a Christian nation and my views should have primacy. And I said, well, sir, we can... We can we can take three options here. One, and I would say the same to you, Kevin. One, we can live uh, as uh, those who would say, oh, let's have a naked public square. That is no religious values whatsoever, and the secularists want that. So I'm opposed to a naked public square. Secondly, there are you know there are those the the imposers, those who would say, oh no, uh, not not just a naked public square, but well. We should have the opposite of that, where one view, this gentleman, the Gideon uh, man, he, he believes one view, his should have primacy. I say no to both. I say we should live in a civil cosmopolitan uh, society where all rights are respected. That's what's in the Constitution. That's what we have to live by. And if we don't want to live by that, then we're going to have anarchy. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, we're going to have uh, we're going to have civil war. Uh, is what, what we're going to have, and, and, and that's what we're evolving towards. Uh, and by the way, just just to be clear, uh, Gideons don't believe what you just said. You met a Gideon what? who believes that. Just to be clear, what? Uh, okay, Gideon's. Let's, let's be clear. I'm not saying the Gideons don't. Uh, well, I know. I just want the impression that you came across is this was this is what Gideons believe. Yeah, that's not what Gideons believe. And so I want to I want to make sure that that's clear. In fact, they're just very committed to the sharing of scripture. And they're all over the theological spectrum, uh, Gideon's are. That's exactly right. Gideon's are all about the Bible. What I am saying is that it's very troubling that the 20% of Americans who strongly embrace Christian nationalism, that's about 30 million adults, uh, they're more likely to believe that it's too easy to vote and that voter fraud is rampant. And so, wow, that's where we are today. And I... I think that's tragic, and I think it will lead to the powder keg violence that you're describing. And moreover, when you have members of Christian churches, one quarter of white evangelical Protestants saying that true American patriots have the right to resort to violence to save our country, we're in trouble. Right, right. No, I, I, I agree. I guess part of my problem is that I feel like rhetorically you're using tools that they use for a different reason. I, I am uh, very interested in tolerance, and I think that's what, frankly, what biblical Christianity is about, is tolerance. And although, yes, we uh, live under this constitutional system, you know, uh, system, and Paul had no problem advocating his rights as a Roman in his conversations with people, but we're also reminded as Christians that our citizenship is in heaven, you know, and and uh, and so that you know that's uh you know colors our view as well. I I just I I get worried about rhetorical tools on all sides. We are oh, in well, such a, a yeah. So let me say this. Look, I, I worked for 28 years for the National Association of Evangelicals, 50 denominations in charge of government affairs, 10 years as the vice president of the organization. And my contention is that evangelicals are good people. I've worked with them. I am one. But I don't accept this, you know, this idea uh, that prevails today. uh, And I call it the loss of truth. It's what Francis Schaeffer called the the loss of true truth. This idea that, hey, all of of our opinions are acceptable. And whatever you believe is okay. 
That's moral relativism, and that's not true. I don't accept that, and neither do those the denominations of the NAE, the National Association of Evangelicals. So I'm a conservative in this sense, conserving our values, conserving the traditions, the traditions of true evangelicalism. And I think uh, most evangelicals are there, but they are being they are being uh, used, and it was uh, you know. It was uh, Roger Williams and others who, who said, you know, no to that. I'm not going to be used by others. And so, uh, famous Baptist there, I believe. So, look. You're, you're talking about the founder of Rhode Island? You're talking about the founder of Rhode Island? Pardon me? You're talking about the founder of Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting yeah. you see that. I mean, he was very libertarian, right? In his worldview, as far as what should be allowed and, and what should, how how a, 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 a governance should look like, uh, I think I think that's yeah. Of course, I, I and I, I think he was right. I think he was spot on. Yeah, was right. uh, I don't think God has put us in the uh, in the, a, a seat that's re- reserved for him, right? The seat of judgment that's not reserved for me. That's reserved no, for him. No, of course not. And so uh, that doesn't mean we can't be sought and light. That doesn't mean we can't be influential. But we have to know our limits. And, it, and I agree. I mean, I think you and I agree more than, than disagree. Uh, I think we're – and maybe I'm being uh, overly a stickler. I don't know. Um, I'm just so troubled, frankly, by all sides in the religious world. I'm so troubled. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't think I'm simply um, – by any man's definition, a liberal. Uh, I, I happen to be a uh, conservative theologically. I think Christian nationalism is, uh, you know, is travesty and bad theology. Uh, I happen to believe that truth uh, is what we as Christians should be all about. And um, what's so appalling is that this uh, tsunami of lies, in my opinion, uh, uh, hasn't altered evangelical support for the former president. I mean, really? Uh, Christians should know the consequences of a lying tongue. Unbelievable. We were talking about someone yeah. who lied. Literally, if his mouth was moving, he was lying. Literally, almost constantly. Uh, he, he loathed a lot of different types of people just because of the types of people they were. Uh, you know, just blowing off, you know, what we learned from the scripture. What did Peter say? God is no respecter of persons. God, God treats us all equally. Good luck, good luck with that in Trump world. No, I, I get that. You know, what's the model of this country among many? One, he's the antithesis yeah. of that. He is the antithesis of that. And so don't, don't, <laughs> I, we're, 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 honestly, it's my, my fault. It's my fault. We're having a conversation that requires hours maybe over a dinner table rather than uh, <laughs> we've already gone way over my allotted time because this stuff is very interesting and really important to me uh, and so um, you know I, I'm grateful there's, there's a voice out there let me finish that is not authoritarian that is using the term evangelical because really I do believe it's more like what evangelicals have been historically there's been, this, it's been almost a uh, hijacking of the term in the last decade in particular. 
And uh, really what you sound like is a lot like what evangelicals used to always sound like. Well, thank you. By the way, my favorite um, statue in Washington is uh, on Massachusetts Avenue, about 12th Street of Edmund Burke. And I told all my interns over the years, I said, now get out of the car. I'm going to make the circle. And you go out and you look at that statue. And at the base of the statue, I want you to tell me what it says. They come back to me and it says, Magnan it says magnanimity in politics in politics is not seldom the truest of virtues. And I said, well, that's what I want from you. It's the magnanimity toward others you yes. happen to disagree with. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and I can hear in your voice and in your background, Kevin, uh, you know, that, you know, we must as truth-seeking Christians speak the truth in love. And at times that means we have to be prepared to be criticized, misunderstood, accused of being liberals, rhinos, or worse. And I have that, but you know, uh, this is this is reality today, and hey, we can we can disagree, but let's disagree amiably. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. And uh, you know, and when we have now such a hypersensitive culture, disagreeing at all instantly makes you disagreeable. And that's on both sides again, right? We don't have a whole lot of tolerance of any views other than our own, and you can't survive as a society with that kind of worldview. Honestly, you can't. Final thoughts from you, since uh, I got carried away. I'll let you have final thoughts, including your website. Evangelicalsfordemocracy.org. That's our website. You'll find our videos. Uh, you can go to YouTube as well, Evangelicals for Democracy. That's where we're at. And um, one, one, one additional quote, if I could, comes from uh, Henrik uh, Ibsen, the Norwegian playwright, Kevin, who wrote a piece called The Enemy of the People, and he said, it's probably apt for your programs, all of them, it said, he said, one should never put on one's best trousers to go out to battle for freedom and truth. <laughs> it's bound to get messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Thanks so much for being with us. Great topic. Right, you. Uh, you know, uh, I think uh, my, my assessment about you and I should have more time than this, and unfortunately there's never enough time for how far and how deep we would need to go on this. But we need more voices on this, and we need to get uh, away from this view that this is what it looks like. Uh, we need to see that there's many faces and voices out there. So thanks for uh, sharing yours. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.